Hello, welcome back to the Fruit Snacks Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Wardrop from Drop Door Life Coaching. And today we have a special guest, Kristen Madison. You want to say hi? Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being here. So Kristen is also a life coach and she is a blogger. Her blog is beautiful and has a lot of really fun content at thisroutinelife.com. That's right, right? Yep. That's so right. Um, why don't you kind of introduce yourself a little bit? Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so I'm Krista Madison and, uh, like Emily said, I am a certified life coach. I also have my master's in counseling, but what I'm most passionate about is to help moms lessen the overwhelm in their life and enjoy motherhood more, because I find that as moms, we carry so much in our brain, right. That causes us to feel so overwhelmed a lot of times. And sometimes it's overwhelmed from our ever going to do list. And sometimes it's over overwhelmed from a situation we're trying to think through, but we carry a lot of overwhelm and that can rob us of enjoying motherhood. So I created the blog because I loved routine and I loved seeing how others spent their time. And in my head, I always thought that like, if I could just grasp how to spend my time correctly, I'll be more productive and I won't have any overwhelm and everything will go perfectly. Right. But we know that's not really how things go. So that's why I started the blog in 2019 was to help uh, moms figure out routines, moms of young kids, stay-at-home moms. I was a stay-at-home mom at the time, figure out um, routines that worked for them, how to spend their time. And then I also started to branch out into more like real topics. Like I wasn't feeling fulfilled as a stay-at-home mom. So one of my most popular blog posts is tips to feel fulfilled as a stay-at-home mom. Um, so I started talking more about that stuff too, like what to do when you're feeling like you don't enjoy motherhood. Um, so I've kind of, you know, branched into not only the very practical and tangible tips, but sometimes things that we can do, how we can change our mindset to enjoy motherhood more. And I, I think that's what we're going to be talking a little bit about today. Yeah, for sure. So motherhood on its own, you know, we have all the overwhelm, all the things like I, I, I always like to talk about how food is, has always been a thing for me. Like, okay. Hey food, why do these kids have to eat so many times a day? Blah, blah, blah. And then the diabetes diagnosis, I'm like, Oh, great. On top of having to feed them, I have to calculate carbs and dose them insulin and right. all the things. Right. And so overwhelm just shot through the roof. I mean, overwhelm is the feeling that you feel at the hospital on diagnosis. Like <laughs> we're very familiar with the overwhelm. Like it never goes away. <laughs> And so let's dig into overwhelm. And then I also want to hit worry and guilt. So um, tell us more about overwhelm and what we can do with that. And then we'll. So there's a few things. Um, like I mentioned, oh, like let's talk about first the overwhelm in your mind. So you get that diagnosis that your child has T1D. Um, and in that doctor's office, you're feeling so overwhelmed and then you're coming home and you're thinking about all the things you have to do probably, right? To manage this, you, I'm sure there's, the worry about the future. We'll talk about that separately. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, one of the things that you can do is really give yourself grace. I think if you can offer yourself grace, it kind of diffuses things a little bit. Like remember that you're a human being too. And that, yes, this is, I'm a human being. I'm a mom. I love my child dearly. Of course, it's going to make sense that I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. Of course, it's going to make sense that I feel like maybe I can't handle all of this right now. So if we can get into that grace place, I think it, it kind of like softens the overwhelm and, um, also stops the cycle of like, I like to say that it's like the yelling, it could be the yelling cycle, but not maybe necessarily in this, at this, um, in this situation, 
But when you're feeling overwhelmed, I find that I'm very much more likely to snap, right? Or to like be short. So even in that situation you just talked about, if I was feeling overwhelmed in the doctor's office, I'm sure my thoughts wouldn't be on what the doctor's saying right now, right? Mm -hmm. I would be all caught up in my overwhelm and probably also maybe short with the doctor. But if you can offer yourself grace in that moment, I think you can help yourself to be very present. Um, and then after too, if you're like all of a sudden thinking about all these things you have to do, taking a deep breath, remembering that you're human once again, and that you will get through it, right? You love your child dearly. And no matter what it takes, you will get through it. So I think grace can help in so many situations. What I talk about a lot too, is dealing is using grace when you're dealing with your kids, um, if they're in a situation that is really, let's say you do yell, let's say you do get, you know, upset. Maybe you say some things you regret. If you don't go into that guilt cycle and tell yourself, I'm a bad mom. I, I, you know, I'm not showing up the way I want to, my child's going to hate me. You know, I would always go to the place of like, what issues my words were causing my child in the future. Like that's when I would yeah. do something I wasn't proud of. Right. I would always go to that place. And that never gets you um, in a good place either, because what it would do is that guilt would cause me to yell a lot of times because I have this underlying feeling that I don't like, right? We don't always love feeling guilt, this emotion. And the action from that place would be to be more upset with my kids or more upset with myself. So therefore, the result is that I'm not showing up as the mom I want to be once again. But if I can give myself grace and just say, wow, you know, that was rough. Maybe you shouldn't have said those things, but you know what? You'll do better next time, you know, go, you know, maybe then from that place of grace and forgiveness for yourself, you can actually maybe go and apologize to your child mm -hmm. or have that conversation. So, um, I will tell you, actually, I actually had this happen this morning. I reacted a way to my son that I was not happy about. Like he is a very active kid. So he's always moving around. He's loud. He's. He like screamed in my face over something. It wasn't in an aggressive, mean way, but I reacted in a way I didn't like. And right after that, I had the thought like, oh my gosh, I'm going on this podcast. Talk mm -hmm. about how to be a good mom, right? right? Mm -hmm. And now here I am. And as I remember, I was in the fr the fridge getting the creamer. I kind of just said to myself, okay, you know what? You're not a bad mom, relax. And I actually looked at my son after that. And I said, I'm sorry. We both laughed. I'm like, I'm so sorry I responded that way. I said, like you screamed in my face. That was my first reaction, mm -hmm. you know? So, and we both laughed and he was like, it's okay. You know? So, but I think if I had got on myself about it mm -hmm. and felt guilty about it, I would have continued down that spiral of like being short with him, being mad at myself. So, you know, I think grace is always a better option and also reminding ourselves that we have a choice, how we want to treat ourselves and how yeah. we want to think about things, you know? So we always have a choice to use grace instead of guilt with ourselves. Um, I feel like I got off on a tangent. That's okay. That was perfect. So grace okay. is always, always a good, a good hack, right? <laughs> Tap into yeah. the grace for ourselves instead of going into the guilt cycle for sure. Right. So, and one way that is really easy for me to get into grace nowadays is thinking about my nervous system. So mm -hmm. when your son screams in your face, your brain is actually hijacked <laughs> and your nervous system goes into fight or flight and we are wired for our brains are trying to protect us. And that is a threat, a scream in your face. Are you kidding right. me? And so for you to be able to bring yourself down from that, that like, of course I reacted that way. 
and you even explain that to him. That's, you know, I'm sorry when you scream in my face, I naturally react that way. Then they understand when they naturally react that way, because they're going to, you know, do as we do, not as we say. Right. And so if we're like, what is wrong with you? Why are you screaming at your sister? Why are you, you know, well, because there was a trigger for them, you know, and that's just how our bodies work. And so the more we can give them an example of grace and that we're all imperfect humans doing the best we can instead of expecting perfection out of them so that we don't have to misbehave, right? right. But there's just yeah. grace all around and we can all just laugh at it and move on and not have it ruin the whole rest of the day. Right. I have to say too, that I've worked a lot over the last uh, few months. I always thought I was like easy at like good, like treating myself kindly. And I've really had to delve. I'm working with a coach, like delve into how I'm treating myself. And I've noticed that that wasn't the case and how, because I wasn't showing myself grace a lot of the time. I was projecting that out onto others, right? Because, you know, like you said, it's like, you know, if you are giving yourself grace, you're much more likely to allow others to have their, yeah. their, mis their make their mistakes and stuff. But if you're not, you're going to, you know, you're going to really point out everything that yeah. they do too, which turns into being very critical towards your kids. Yeah. And so what, either way we notice it, right? Maybe like you said, maybe we think that we're kind to ourselves, but we're very critical of them. We're probably critical of ourselves and exactly. it's just buried deeper and we need to dig it out. So um, I just wanted to share one overwhelm hack real quick before we move past overwhelm. Um, and it actually comes from Frozen 2. Anna got it figured out. <laughs> that if you're in overwhelm, like you just described even in the doctor's office, I, I'm sure other T1D moms have had this experience where we're sitting there and the doctor is talking and we don't hear anything. Because again, our brains are hijacked by our nervous system. We're completely overwhelmed. We're completely freaking out all the things, you know, and we literally can't hear. It's like the wah, 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 Charlie Brown, you know? And so, like you said, take a breath. Right. And then really the hack is just to narrow it in, you know, like what is the next step? What is one thing I need to do right now? I talk a lot about how when our diabetes monitors go off, like the beeping starts, it actually triggers our trauma that we you know, have from probably a traumatic experience at diagnosis. So every time there's a beep going off in the house, which is a lot, then we go into like fight or flight, right? So we have to remind ourselves, like breathe. We don't need panic right now. We just need to go see what that beep means. And what is the next right step, right? So just a small little step instead of the overwhelm is like too big a lens. So if we're overwhelmed, we just narrow that lens and find the next. I love that. And I think, um, one thing too, that I talk about sometimes is even just grounding. Right. And you may have talked about this, but like, you know, just like feeling in that moment when the doctor's talking, I'm just going to feel like my pads and my fingers. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm just going to like, look around and notice like three things to try to ground ourselves, to get our nervous system back to a calm place. Yeah. You know, I think that helps. And I, I've actually done that with my kids when I feel my anger rising too. It's like, mm -hmm. what can I focus on that's going to get me back to a place where I'm coming from intentionality instead of like reacting. Yeah. I mean, any little thing, like even trying to get out the door in the morning, you know, that's overwhelm, right? The kids aren't doing whatever they need to eat. Their shoes are lost all the things, you know, and yeah. to take one second to just breathe. Like bre breath is always a tool we have right there handy yes. in the moment. And <laughs> instead of the tool we tend to go to in overwhelm is like freak out and yell and scream and Exactly. So we think we don't have time to get grounded. We don't have time to not get grounded. 
Like exactly. Really get present. Okay. What is the next thing that I need to do instead of, oh, I'm so overwhelmed because there's so many things to do, mm-hmm. like literally one thing at a time. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we talked about grace instead of guilt. Is there anything yeah. more you want to talk about with that? Um, or should we no, go on to worry? We, you know, there's, what do you want to go on to? Worry. Let's go on to worry. Okay. okay. Let's talk about worry. Yeah. Um, okay. So one of the things that I have found the most helpful, um, and that, you know, you and I went to the same life to the life coach school is when the teaching of the 50, 50 and accepting, accepting the bad and good in life. And I think you, I know you've talked about this on the podcast too, but I think when I really, I want to say like marinated in that and really understood that a lot of the misery I was feeling was because I was resisting and fighting against things that were happening that I didn't like, it opened up this new sense of peace for me almost. Like I felt so much more confident and peaceful. I don't know if peaceful is the word, but more confident in parenting. So I'll, um, so, okay. So basically what I say is when I say the 50, 50, I think you might've talked about this, but I'll just, I'll talk a little bit more, Mm -hmm. um, is that, you know, 50% of the time you're going to feel bad, negative emotion, worry, guilt, maybe frustration, anger, and all the negatives that you don't like 50% of the time, you're going to feel joy, happiness, you know, and that's because life is made up of that. We've all had, we've all lived a life where bad things have happened to us, right? You received the diagnosis that you weren't expecting about your child. Um, and you've had good things happen to you too. So there's kind of like, a balance in life. Right. And that's just the reality. It's been that way since the start of time, bad things have happened and good things have happened. But when we're pushing against the truth of like the diagnosis, or we're pushing against the truth that maybe, um, even just like our child is misbehaving in such a way in the moment that we're fearful, we're, we're thinking that something's going to happen to them. Um, we're really denying. Oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) So when we're um, pushing against, like, let's say the diagnosis, it's causing us this undue misery that we don't really need to have and talk about not being present, right? When we're like trying to to think about how unfair this is and this shouldn't happen, which are totally normal thoughts to have, by the way, I don't want you to think that that's not normal, Um, but it is causing us sometimes undue misery. Mm -hmm. So when you can accept and, and it doesn't happen right away. Like if you get that diagnosis that your child is um, T1D, has T1D, it doesn't mean that automatically you're going to be like, oh, this is life. This is the 50 of 50 of life, you know, mm-hmm. but you'll recognize over time that like, maybe if it's really affecting you that um, it, this is the, the reality. And once you can get on board with the reality, you're going to be able to make decisions from a much more confident place, like I said. So when I could really delve into that and know that, things in life are not going to go the way that I've planned, not only for me, but for my kids, most likely my kids are going to face challenges. There might be some devastating things that happen. Um, and that's just life. And the worst thing that's going to happen is an emotion, right? So the worst thing that's going to happen is I'm going to feel grief. I'm going to feel scared. I'm going to feel worried. And I know I can feel emotions. So when I really leaned into that, I was able to like have conversations with my kids. So I'll give you an example. Um, I, I was like laying with my, uh, son one night to put him to bed. And he started talking about some stuff that was going on at school. And 
in the moment I started thinking like, oh my gosh, if this continues, it's like, I was asking myself, is he being bullied? Like if this continues, I started like running off with the worst case scenario, right? The worrying about what if what he's telling me leads into this stuff. And it took me away from being there in that moment with him and just listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started thinking about like solution focused, you know, my anxiety started revving up thinking about, especially at night too. I have to right. say oh, after, yeah. for me after 7 PM, my brain just wants to look at everything, everything that's like find ways to try to keep me safe and, but also freak me out. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. like. Yeah. So I always say like nothing, I can't make decisions after 7 PM. I shouldn't have difficult conversations after 7 PM. And I have that awareness now that laying with my kids at that time, if they bring stuff up, I'm probably not going to be coming from my logical brain. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I do getting back to the story is instead of letting my brain run away, I try to just focus on, like you said, what's exactly happening in the moment is my son is saying words to me and he's saying these words to me and how can I be present with him? And a lot of times it's just listening. Mm-hmm. to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if I need to take action later, I can, but what your child really needs is for you to be there present with them, not to yeah. be all up in your own anxiety and your yeah. worry, because that's the other thing. Like once I start to feel anxious, I kind of just want them to stop talking. Right. Because I start thinking like the more they talk, the more I feel like it's my job to have to do something sometimes right. in those situations. Yeah. Right. So it's like, oh, okay, just shut it down. And you could be shutting down some very important information if you let your worry and your anxiety carry away, get carried away with you. So I've kind of just started to use that tool. And let me tell you, I used to go to bed at night and stay up, as I'm sure all of us moms do at some point. Stay up in complete worry about either what was going on in the world or what my, you know, what was going on in the day with my kids and just let my brain run away with that stuff. And now that I can rest in, and know in the 50, 50, though, it doesn't sound like hopeful that yeah, some of this stuff might really happen, you know, but there's no need for me to worry right now in this moment about it. And knowing that I can handle it. Cause I can handle anything. I can handle an emotion. Um, it's helped me to connect with my kids and be able to really listen to them, but it's also uh, lessened my anxiety and my worry. And, um, I think made me just like a more confident, better parent overall. Yeah, totally. Cause when we're in worry, we've taken off into the future. Right. And so when, again, we can bring it back, stay present, nothing is actually wrong right now. And if there is, then I'll handle it. So in the middle of the night, we like to stay up worrying. Usually maybe we can fall asleep at night because we're so exhausted, but then we'll wake up after a few hours and then getting back to sleep is the tricky part. Right. And so, and maybe you woke up in the middle of the night, because again, one of those diabetes alarms goes off. So you go into panic, takes your body a long time to come down off of that, especially if we just let it run wild spinning in the worry. So you go, you check on your kid, you take care of whatever, and then you get back in bed knowing I've handled it. She's fine. He'll be fine, whatever, you know, and then um, soothe ourselves that it's okay. It's yeah. And in this present moment, everything's fine. I took care of it. It's fine. Right. Right. Just coming back to the present moment. Cause maybe you know, something, you know, scary will happen in the future, but I'll handle it in the future. In yep. this moment, everybody's fine. <laughs> so exactly. It's always bringing it back to this moment. What do I need to do now? Nothing. Okay. Then I just need to calm yep. myself down and do the best I can to get back. And I, you know, so far my kids are um, eight and almost 11. 
so far, some like that situation I told you about, I, I had used as an example, like probably 95% of the time, those things that my brain starts to get worried about don't even turn into anything. Like right. I'll ask the next day, Hey, what happened with so-and-so? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. It's like, well, what do you mean? Nothing. Well, how do you feel about it? I'm fine. It's like, can you imagine if I had got all up in arms yeah. and like emailed the teacher oh, the yeah. next morning? And well, been and like, knowing yourself that after seven o'clock, my rational brain's gone. Right. Hello, our children don't even have that prefrontal cortex developed yet. So right. at all times of day, their rational brain has gone, you know? Yeah, that's so true. Like taking in what they're saying with a grain of salt, instead of, like you said, running away with our own anxieties about it. And especially late at night, like my daughter every night is like, I don't want to go to school tomorrow, you know? And she like makes up these crazy stories and I just listen and let her process her emotions whatever and don't get all wrapped up myself in her story and then in the morning after she's had a good night's sleep she gets up and goes to school like and then she comes home and I'm like so how did recess go did what you were worried about was going to happen happen and she doesn't even know what she's worried about like I'll literally say and what do you think is going to happen I don't know I'm just scared you know and so there's only so much coaching you can do to you know a seven-year-old when her brain is offline you know so especially at night like all she needs is go to sleep so we don't need to like keep them up talking through it trying to figure it out just to ease our own anxieties like we have to learn how to calm ourselves down in order to be a safe place for her to just calm down and get to sleep. <laughs> right. And then in the morning, she's all better. <laughs> and if she's not, yeah. then maybe on a more rational brain, we can talk through some things, but right. yeah. That a is a great of, example. And that is why I always say like, as your T1D mom coach, I'm here to help you manage your own mental and emotional state while mm-hmm. you're managing your child's diabetes, because you have all your doctors, your nurses, everybody to help you with the diabetes, but there's just so much brain drama and emotion drama and nervous system regulation, all the things that we've got to take care of ourselves. We're just expecting our kids to know how to do this, but if we don't figure it out, there's no way they can. I love that. I think that, yeah, I think that you're, what you're doing is so important because that is so true. Like we, as moms have so much more control than we recognize over our mindset and how we show up. Right. But a lot of times we need somebody to show us that because it's hard for us to see it, mm-hmm. you know? So, and how you show up. I mean, I'm, as I said, I'm working with a coach too. I'm noticing that even though I know this stuff, I've been certified for a long time, you know, yeah. as a life coach, um, I am seeing in so many instances, how my reaction to things, how I showed up in a situation with my kids or my husband, how it resulted in whatever occurred, whether it be good or bad. And I think that, you know, I think that what you're doing is so helpful because this is a lifelong diagnosis that their child will be dealing with. Right. And it's like the sooner as a mom that you can start to control that is such, it projects out into the whole family and how, you know, how your kids respond to their diagnosis and all those things. So that's wonderful. Yeah, totally. Cause you know, as coaches, we didn't, you know, certify out of being humans. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you for that reminder. Right. right. (laughs) And coaches all have coaches because we know that we're still, you know, so when we have the coach hat on, we can see someone else's brain, but our brain is still just a mess. And yeah, and there's that whole layer that you described earlier of kind of the imposter syndrome where like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, how am I supposed to help other moms when I'm such a mess myself? But right. We do somehow it's still possible (laughs) because we're all a mess and that grace back to that grace. Right. So Kristen, tell people how they can find your blog or get a hold of you or 
Okay, great. Yeah. So, um, like Emily mentioned at the beginning, you can find me at thisroutinelife.com. So it's, it's just like it sounds thisroutinelife.com. And if you go to my website, you'll find right on the homepage that I offer an amazing quick guide to lessen overwhelm and enjoy motherhood more. It's actually an ebook or PDF download. It's over 46 pages filled with tangible and like mindset tips to get your overwhelm under control. So it's broken down into routine, time management, productivity, sanity, and self-care and how to be a less angry mom and a more calm mom. So I've kind of taken everything on the blog and condensed it into a really great guide that can help you with anything you're going through that day. If you need help with a new routine, reference the routine. If you feel like you're going to lose your mind, reference the self-care. So that's free. You can download that right from the blog. And through that, you can get a hold of me. You'll get my email and um, yeah. So drop me a line. I also have a free Facebook group that you can join. Once you join the quick guide to less than overwhelm, once you download that, you'll get the invite to the Facebook group. Awesome. Cool. And we'll put yeah. all those links in the show notes. So, um, it'll be easy to find. Thanks so much for coming on. It was so Thank you, Emily. This was wonderful. Okay. We'll see you next time.